So we all know how the career change process works, right? Here's a simplified version. You feel stuck in your job. You start to sort of identify what you want. You try to work things out with your company. You do some networking. You land a job interview. Maybe you get a job offer. You accept the job offer. You live life happily ever after. Okay, so here's the problem. It doesn't always work this way. In fact, our guest today worked hard to find a great role in her organization. And after networking internally, she finally got the job offer. But then, guess what? She turned it down. What? That might not make sense now. But turning down that offer was one of the best things she did to advance her career and her life. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Yeah, so one of the reasons that I was looking to change my situation is that in my prior position, I was really kind of relegated to a very narrow, narrow set of things that I needed to be doing. And through working with my career coach, I identified that I really needed broad responsibilities, opportunities to learn and try new things. So I really set out to find a position that would allow me to do just that. And so the role that I have now, I'm narrowly focused on a single business, but I get to, I have a seat at the table on so many different things involving analytics technologies and strategy and really how to impact the business that I'm working with. That's Elizabeth. And she was actually on the podcast back in episode 278. At that time, Elizabeth was still early in the career change process. And that episode was literally a recording of our live coaching session together. It, it If you haven't listened to it, it's it's great. It's amazing. Well worth the time to take a listen. Plus, it gives you a, a bit about Elizabeth's story and what she was up against. And as you heard, she was able to identify what she really needed, broad responsibilities and opportunities to learn and try new things. So I asked her how she knew that that was such a big need in her life. Really, it was it came from comments from people in my network and my spouse who know who knows me the best of just seeing me kind of shrink and uh, withdraw and not really be engaged as much in the work that I was doing. That things that I used to be really excited about, I kind of was bored. And so, you know, it would be moments where it's like, oh, I learned something new today, and then that would be a great day. And so it was it was really examining those days that I came home and I was thinking, wow, that was a really good day. What about it made it a good day? And a lot of times it was just the opportunity to learn and apply something new. That's really interesting. And I would say you're a, in many ways, a fairly analytical person in nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. But what caused... Intellectually curious. Yes. Intellectually <laughs> curious, which I love. And what caused you to start paying attention to this in the in the first place? The catalyst for that was I was on my fifth manager in four years in the role that I was in. I wasn't getting that relationship to click. And I knew four years into the role and the company I was with, I really wanted to figure out what was next. And that was not something that was really 
landing with my manager of not really engaging in that conversation. And for me, it's really important to be figuring out what's next. What else can I do? How can I contribute? That was a key moment. Can I ask you about that? Because as I understand it, if I recall correctly, then it was not just, you know, you've had five managers in four years and decided to move on. It was (laughs) that you had five managers in four years and as you had told me in our last conversation where you and I got to do a little bit of coaching together mm-hmm. that you were starting to use the term, see the writing on the wall that mm-hmm. maybe this wasn't the right place for you. But I think that you had not just given up at that point and not just you know written off and said, okay, I've got to make a change. Uh, you had right. tried to work it out internally too. And you had had some conversations yeah. with, your manager. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what those were like or what those were about or how you approach those? The first way that I approached have engaging in that conversation was sitting down and kind of dreaming up what my ideal role would look like and what those responsibilities were and kind of what I would achieve in that kind of role. And having the conversation with my manager going through that, it became very clear that she was not going to support me in that. And I thought, okay, well, let's try to figure out another way. I'll just start doing some of these things. Uh, (laughs) And that also didn't really land. So I tried to approach it intellectually. I tried to approach it through action, kind of checking in along the way. And so when those varying approaches didn't seem to yield the results that I was looking for, that's when I was like, okay, I think I need to make a change or I need to look at other roles within this organization. So um, I started down that path as well, tapping into my network and then asking them if there's anybody else that they would think I would enjoy meeting or that would enjoy meeting me in the organization and having some of those conversations too. So I definitely didn't give up on the relationship with my manager, nor did I give up on the company I was with either, you know, really trying to kind of exhaust all avenues uh, where I was at. As you started down this path and decided, okay, you know, some of these avenues are not working out in the way that I wanted to, Mm -hmm. what were you learning along the way that you needed for yourself in the next role? You mentioned one of the things in terms of you know, some of those broader opportunities, but what else did you get the oper- what else did you learn about yourself and what was missing that you needed? I did realize that how this particular person perceived me was so out of line with how everyone else was perceiving me. In what way? She specifically stated that I wasn't a leader, that I didn't have uh, the skill set of like the work I've been doing for 10 years. So there was just these these kind of moments where it's like, this doesn't line up with everything that I've heard about myself over the years in these kinds of roles. And so what that prompted me to do was to go back to the people that I've worked with in the past, to go back to mentors, to have conversations about, hey, what's, you know, this doesn't seem to line up with with who I am. And again, part of the career change bootcamp is actually having some of those conversations and getting feedback and positive feedback about strengths. And to me, that was key because in that moment, I realized that my network, not only is it, is it great for finding the next role, it also is helpful to 
they help you remind you who you are and who you will be in your next role, even if the current circumstances are not ideal. (laughs) So that was a new experience for me because I've never really tapped into a network in that way. It's always been kind of transactional of like, hey, you know, you you work for this company. I I would like to work for this company too. Let's talk about that. Um, So there are added added benefits there. Um, I also learned... Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. Why was that's? I'm super curious about that. Why was that important for you, being able to move beyond the transactional? It was important to me because I realized that I still have 30 years left in my in my working life at least, right? And so I saw for the first time the real power of having a network and continuing to nurture that, and that it is something that even small things will stick in people's minds. So it's amazing, even if you don't have to connect all that often, but you can still make an impact with people and an impression with people. And so, again, as somebody who isn't a natural networker, doesn't, you know, (laughs) I actually do dread going to networking events and things like that. It was confirmation that it's it's an important thing to do. Well, you and I, if I remember correctly, we got to talk a little bit about that, too, when you and I first met. Mm-hmm. because, well, quite frankly, I, I'm not sure everyone loves going to networking type events like you're describing. <laughs> However, they're really, there are, there there are, are a few people who do bless those people. And you know, I even enjoy yeah. some of some networking type events as well, but you yeah. know, regardless of whether people do or don't, I think what was really important for you is finding a way that was much more natural to your style yeah. and your tendencies and your personality, because I think that you're actually really, really great at building relationships, just not in the stereotypical way necessarily. Right, right. It, it was, uh, I, I had this preconceived notion of what networking was like, and that's not what networking is like for me personally. <laughs> so yeah, so really having those uh, you know, changing that paradigm and saying, okay, for me, networking looks like just reaching out to old colleagues and having conversations and, and really focusing on what's going on in their roles and what they're enjoying about their work. And that naturally is a, a conversation point um, of, you know, what would I enjoy doing and what am I looking for? Um, and so, so that was um, that was eye-opening for me, for sure. And it sounds like you were able to embed that into a portion of your your change and your exploration for that change, too. How did you see that helping, and where did you see that playing, uh, playing a role in leading to this next opportunity? I approached looking for my new role internally in the company that I was at and met with people outside of my working group in parts of the organization that were tangentially related to what I had been doing and just learning about what they did in their areas and seeing if that is something that I would enjoy as well. So for me, that's not specific to what I have been doing is that, again, that opportunity to learn new things, working with smart people. Um, I do like data. <laughs> that's what that's what I've been working with for ever and a day. Yeah. 
But I realized that that has applications in other areas than where I have been. So that was kind of the internal focus of like, is there a new home for me somewhere else? Let's meet those people who might have that home. And then also working externally because, you know, I've been in data for 10 plus years. I've run and built a, a decent network. And so that's actually how I found my new role was I just happened to be having breakfast with somebody that I consider a, little, a friend and a mentor. And, you know, just in the middle of breakfast, she says, oh, gosh, I can't believe I didn't even think of that. There's a role that's opening up. It's not in my it's not in my business unit, but I know somebody who knows somebody who knows that role. Right. And she connected me with, you know, put in a good word for me. And so you never know where that connection is actually going to come from. That is so cool. It's also a good display of how it actually works in reality because sometimes it can feel <laughs> right, like... Right, right. So, could be over waffles. Yeah, exactly. Could be over waffles. <laughs> but I think there's so much, and it's easy to say, well, that's just a chance happening. And in some ways it is. However, in some ways, things yeah. had to happen in order to get to that mm-hmm. chance happening. Like you had to have a much clearer understanding of what it was that you wanted. You had to already yes. go down the exploration path to decide that, hey, I actually need to make a change and need to ex- be exploring something right. outside the organization. And then you had to go and have a variety of other conversations and get to the point where you could adequately describe what it was that you wanted so that your friend mm-hmm. over waffles could say, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I just thought of this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of the much clearer idea of what I wanted, that actually allowed me to turn down a role initially that I didn't feel was a was a good fit and ask the right questions in the interview that got me the information that I needed to realize that this was not going to be a good fit for me. So it can work in many ways. <laughs> Elizabeth, that makes me so happy because uh, we don't we don't talk about this a lot except for behind the scenes. But one of the ways that <laughs> we measure success by the people that we work with is are we getting them to a point where not that they get tons and tons of job offers, but are we getting them to a point where they have enough understanding about what they need and what they want that they can turn down successfully turn down one or more roles. So that, that takes a lot of courage to do. And that takes a lot of hard work to be able to get to that point. So really, really nicely done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And that was, and that is a nerve wracking experience. It's like, Oh, I, did I make the right decision? Well, I know that I did because that company has gone through a lot of layoffs recently. So (laughs) including in the working group I would have been in. Take me back to that time (laughs) when you got that job offer. Yeah. What was going through your head and what ultimately caused you to, as events transpired, what caused you to eventually turn it down as well? You know, I was very happy that I got the job offer. And I think it was, you know, relatively early in my journey. I think about two months in to really examining, you know, what it is that I wanted to do next. And so at first I was ecstatic that I was extended an offer, but I made sure through the interview process to really get at what the team dynamic was, the management style, and also what the work-life balance might be. And ultimately what, what made me turn it down was around that work-life balance. For me, it was important to be able to work some days from home. That was not part of this 
particular manager's working style. And what was interesting, it was unique to him. Really? So it wasn't about the company. It was about this particular manager. And so that ended up being what caused me to turn it down because I knew that he didn't like the, or he didn't have that flexibility within within his own team. So you must have brought that up somewhere along the way as you got that offer yeah. and explored that. Yeah. How did that conversation go? What was interesting is Minnesota provides some fantastic opportunities to just slide that in because you can ask things like, oh, so tell me about, you know, when it's when it's really snowing outside, how does that impact whether people come in? And and the answers I was getting is like, well, you know, we we do expect people to be in the office even on when there's four inches of snow coming down and it takes you two hours to get here. <laughs> so it wasn't an ultimatum. It was asking questions about just kind of culture and, you know, how are certain situations handled in the team? And in that particular role, I was also going to be a manager of a fairly large team. And so it was important to understand both the leadership uh, within the organization, and then also kind of the dynamic that I would be expected to create with my team. And if those weren't lined up, I kind of foresee some problems, right? Like if there's multiple different cultures on a <laughs> on a team and it's not all it's not all lining up. That's really interesting. What else took place during that offer? that was different than maybe those types of offers that you had had in the past or types of discussion around offers that you had had in the past? Well, for one thing, I had a support of a career coach. So, you know, I've never really negotiated before either. So I felt very confident going into kind of the brass tacks, you know, salary and, and all of that in a way that I hadn't before. And also just, you know, knowing clearly what I wanted going in, it made that a direct conversation. There was no kind of guesswork of like, oh, maybe that's what I want. I don't know. Right. So <laughs> that was certainly different. So you were able to clearly articulate what you wanted and go into it with confidence as opposed to, yes. I think a lot of times we get to that situation and we've worked so hard to get the offer and right. it can be kind of emotional. Yeah, it's like deer point. in headlights yeah. uh, with a party hat. So, <laughs> <right>? so. <laughs> exactly. Deer in a headlights with a party hat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Anything else that was different for you? I think the interview process leading up to the offer. So the whole situation, behavioral outcome approach to preparing for interviews. I just had a lot more confidence going through the interview process that I could handle any question that was thrown at me and kind of a, not like a robot here. I am here to interview, but as a natural conversation and building rapport. And so I had more confidence going into the interviews that I would actually have a offer coming out of the interviews. That was a good experience. And then just having good questions to ask the interviewers to get at some of those subtle things that wouldn't come out in a job description. I think all of those things were new relative to uh, prior interviews that I'd been on. What do you think for you was the hardest thing in making this whole change? Mm, that is a good question. I think staying positive, I guess, it takes a lot of energy, right? And as somebody who, you know, would much rather read a book than take a phone call, <laughs> yeah, it took a lot more effort for me personally. So 
it was also, you know, getting feedback. There was an interview process that didn't yield a, a job offer, but that was still ended up being a positive experience because I had the courage to contact them and find out, you know, what, if anything, could have gone better and why wasn't I selected and that like actually getting some of that feedback. And, and I don't think I would have before I would have been like, Oh, I guess, I guess I'm not good. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. so it's all, all of this, it's both hard to get that feedback or hard. The, the journey is hard, but at the same time, I feel so much more prepared for the future, like the, the roles after this one. So yeah, it was just made, I would say the the hardest thing is maintaining the energy and the positive momentum. When you say maintaining the energy and positive momentum, is that because of the length of time it takes to make this type of transition that you did? Or what do you mean when you say that? I think it's more, you know, those days that seem to go on forever, but there's still only 24 hours. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, it, it doesn't matter how long it actually took. It feels like a long time because there's a lot that goes into searching for a new job. Like you're both being highly introspective, but then also putting yourself out there. And so, you know, to come at it from both ends, from within and from without, that can be really exhausting and, and feel like it takes forever. What do you believe helped you personally the most as you went throughout this process? Because it can be exhausting and it can be draining and uh, continuing that momentum like you talked about is difficult. So what do you believe helped you the most? I think what helped me the most was focusing on my strengths and <laughs> the connections that this process, the the whole happened here, the career change boot camp, those connections that basically you're prompted to go reconnect with people, right? So that helped me the most because the roller coaster that I was on with the role that I was in, that I was trying to exit from, again, it realizing that people had a positive view of me and that they saw things that maybe I didn't see in myself really helped me articulate who I already was and who I wanted to be in my next role, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense to me. And I think that, <laughs> I think that it's easy to say it's one of those things that's much more difficult to actually do in reality. Yes. So what's an example of those? What's an example of that for you? When I asked, you know, 10 people to provide positive feedback on, on my strengths. Some of the things that they came up were Elizabeth is a natural leader and almost never asked for the leadership responsibilities. People just follow her. And I think, it, and, and that came, that was a thread that came through a bunch of different people that knew me as a friend, that knew me as a colleague, that knew me as a manager. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm not the type of person that is going to stand up and say, here's what we're going to do. But leading through example, being highly collaborative and, you know, really realizing that it's kind of that environment and team is really important to me. And that's not, again, that's not something that, you know, while in the middle of a situation, I can really articulate, but seeing it through 
other people's eyes and seeing the the common themes that pop up uh, when you ask people from various aspects of your life, it really like solidifies aspects about yourself or your strengths. Um, and so I thought that was really, really helpful. And again, really helpful when times get tough during the journey to refocus on that and be like, okay, is this tough because you know, this really isn't a strength or it's a little harder for me or in looking at things through that lens. That is, that's pretty amazing. And you're on the other side of this. You're 90 days in to your new role. Yeah. What advice would you give to people that are where you were at initially, where maybe they're frustrated with their role or they can see the writing on the wall that Mm -hmm. this is no longer... Mm -hmm. No longer where they want to be for one reason or another. Maybe they've already <laughs> yep. tried some things and it hasn't mm-hmm. worked out. What advice would you give those people that for where they're at? I would say as hard as it is, your past is your past. <laughs> the situations that you're leaving are not the situations that you're heading towards. So even if it looks and smells very similar, treat it as a brand new challenge to solve or opportunity. That's really important to me because of how stressful my end was. And that because I'm still doing some of the same things, there are moments where I'm like, oh, not this again, but no, it's this again, but something completely new, right? So <laughs> so it's it's kind of like, again, keeping the optimistic outlook and kind of closing the door on anything that wasn't working in the past. That is super cool. I really appreciate you taking the time and making the time and coming on the show. And it's so cool to see this uh, just just under a year later, mm-hmm. how you've made this type of transition. And I only asked, wanted to ask you one more question too. If I remember correctly, then you were working hard to be really strategic as you went into this new role too. Is mm-hmm. that right? Can you share mm-hmm. what uh, what you did and how you were doing that? Do you mean in the type of role I was looking for or that I'd be working, have strategic responsibilities? <laughs> I mean, in the type of role that you were looking for. I had a vision of where I want to be in, you know, three to five years. And I realized that I had some experience gaps in the type of work and prior experience that I would need in order to have a role like that. It partly had to do with technologies. It partly had to do with kind of scope and role of scope of role that played into the types of questions I asked during the interview process to get at in this future role, would I have the types of experiences that I needed to get to my next role? For me, the role that I'm in absolutely meets that criteria and really having fun learning all of these new things and and really stretching myself in ways that I haven't had to in the past, haven't had the opportunity to in the past. That is super cool. And I've told you over email, however, now I can tell you actually real time, congratulations officially. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, I hope you were able to get a lot of inspiration out of this conversation with Elizabeth to help you in your own career. And if you're feeling stuck in your career, this could absolutely be your opportunity to make a change for the better in the new year. And 
if you feel like you might want and need that change and want to figure out just exactly how we can help and make it super easy on you, just pause this. Send me an email. Open up your email app right now on your phone, scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Put the word conversation in the subject line, and I'll connect you with my team to be able to figure out the best resource our best program, best coaching opportunity, whatever it happens to be that's going to be right for you to help you figure out what you need to do next. Next week, I'm going to be sharing one of the most helpful tactics when making a career change, and that is conducting career experiments because you want to make sure that you're heading the right direction. I'm going to be sharing six ways to help give you assurance and reassurance whether or not a particular career or role or direction might be actually the right fit for you. What you're doing is you're creating not only a huge amount of pressure on yourself, but you're also making it such that the way that you're thinking about and judging the opportunities in front of you is very black or white, yes or no. Whereas I think what we come to see, especially in people who successfully and happily make transitions, is that there's a lot of gray areas in the middle and that it doesn't have to be an extreme one way or another. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. Hit the hit the favorites button, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player so that it downloads in your sleep and you don't miss it at all. Also, don't forget to send me an email, scott at happentoyourcareer.com with conversation in the subject line. If you need help figuring out what's right for you and what your next career step is. All right, I'm out. Adios.